0: Gino Foligno, Gino Foligno, Gino Foligno, Gino Foligno. Yeah, tell us about
1: Gino Fellino, huh? Yeah, tell us about all about Gino Oh, God, I don't... Uh. After literally just talking about how little he remembers this movie. <laughs> yeah, really. So as a preface, Hans just watched this movie, I think, legitimately less than, like, five hours ago. <laughs> like, he watches today, and I don't think he could tell you a single thing about it. So let's hear, his, let's hear what he has to say.
0: <laughs> but you can't check your six.
2: Kind of like, you know, taking a screwdriver to a gunfight. What's happening? Just like old top, top. Hello, and welcome back to Steven All. I'm Hans.
1: <laughs> I'm Aaron. Good job. <laughs> I'm Zach, uh, I guess.
2: And this is the fourth installment of our year-long saga of watching every Steven Seagal movie. Until we... Um, seen them all and have extreme depression
1: or die trying. uh
2: yeah so zach's right out for justice literally watched it today i remember more about hard to kill than i do from <laughs> mark for or for out for justice and i watched really? hard to kill like two weeks ago
1: really yeah. Wow, I
2: I don't, don't know why the fall, that's the case. I just really like this one I was super confused by the plot. So let's let's go over I'm I'm going to go I, through no, the plot as I remember it and okay. feel yeah. free to we'll feel help. free to interrupt and correct me. Okay. Cool. So we've got Gino Felino. Gino Felino. I Gino didn't even Foligno. know his last name was Felino. I, I only ever heard him called Gino. And I hobby. don't think they actually ever call him. No, that they say or. they do say it once. The character
1: I know says Gino Felino because <laughs> it burned itself into my mind immediately. It is by far the best Seagal character name so far. <laughs> this is Foligno. the only one where when I talk about the movie, I don't just say Steven Scald does this. Steven Seagal. This is, one is Gino Felino. <laughs> Gino Felino. So right <laughs> up there with Jimmy Finger is possible laugh.
2: Gino (laughs) Fellino he is an NYPD detective, I'll stop reading there, Uh, I had to know what what police force he was a part of, but I forgot, (laughs) it's because he's in Brooklyn, and he has the absolute oh my god worst god awful swinging for the
1: fences on the accent This throughout time.
2: the entire movie it's just unbearable and he does this like head bob thing when he talks oh awful anyway so he's a detective he's in a van with his cop buddy stereotypical partner they see some women getting assaulted by this guy and his partner says now nah, we're like here to do a job why don't you like wait we can't do anything about it of course David seagal i'm sorry gino Felino jumps gino. out of the van has all of his cop buddies run their sting faster or something i don't know beats up like the guy who was beating up the woman uh doesn't just arrest him threatens to arrest him then throws him th- through a car window through a shop window and then back through another car window good times i don't remember. he is what out for justice that. I really don't remember what happens after that. Oh no, no, no. So he's we, we skipped to cop friend uh partner who was what is it? He was having a bad time, some some problems at home, but he was he promised like he has it under control, no worries. Uh next scene, he gets shot in front of his wife and kids.
1: Actually, so we kind of hinted at this before that we're thinking this is like the fastest partner death thus far. He's just a partner has to die and they're getting more efficient with this. I can tell you it happens exactly the first so he's not actually dead but the first shot five minutes and 23 seconds that's pretty quick film, including the that's, like title sequence yeah and that's including credits. credits within six minutes he's really shot quick. in front of his family at the local italian, right. uh at the local italian markets
2: so this is where I just got lost because I thought there was something a lot more important going on in this movie and I just didn't get it. And Zach told me, no, it's actually just the guy that killed him. He's going on a psychotic rampage and that's pretty much it. Gino has to stop him because the cops don't know how to stop him. And the, uh, there is a, a specific line where <laughs> he goes, Sigal says, no, you just have to like let me do my thing. Give me an unmarked and a shotgun and let me do my thing. And the his, like, superior just gives him, like, the soulful head nod. So it's the same thing. He's a cop, but he's allowed to, like, go and break the law on his own to get results, I Yeah,
0: guess. they literally just tell him at the beginning of the movie, you're allowed to just break as many laws as you want.
2: It's...
1: Yeah. Like you said, there's roughly, like, more things happen, like, events occur. But in terms of the actual plot, that's it. This is, like, the fastest synopsis possible. Like... There, Richie, Richie Madano, played by William Forsythe, literally just, he has some friends that he says, if you hang out with me, I'll give you money. And then he just kills a random woman in traffic, He's just going on a rampage, just like being a monster. And like, you go to the cops and they're like, yeah, we know he's bad, we'll try to stop him. And Seagal's like, you're not going to be able to stop him. And Seagal goes to the mob, who he's friends with. And, he, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't like him either. We're going to stop him." And goes, you're not going to be able to stop him. So just <laughs> nobody likes this guy, and it's just he's just doing bad stuff for the movie until Seagal kills him. That's it.
2: That's literally it. Somewhere That's in it. there, Although, completely unrelated, and this this is what uh, this ties back into Aaron' your theory about Seagal like picking something in a movie that is something important to him in some weird yes. way that yes. he has to show off yes. that he's conscious about it's the it. Most kind of
1: like obvious, but
2: like movie. really yeah. bad, and so the actual really text bad. of the film contradicts S- it. Right, so just out of nowhere, has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the film. He's following a guy that has uh, a bumper sticker on the back of his car. I don't even remember what it said. What did it say?
1: Oh, it said, kill them all and let God sort them out or whatever. Yeah, that's oh, what it was. the dog throwers. Yeah, yes. and he, he uh,
2: re- like, makes a point of reading out this bumper sticker so you remember. like You know instantly you're going to come back to this later in the movie. And the guy just throws a, a trash bag out onto the road. Seagal gets out of his car, opens with a trash bag, and it's a puppy. And you're like, oh, that's terrible. So he says something about how people are so shitty, whatever. So then he just keeps this puppy with him while he's going on a rampage, trying to kill the guy who's also going on a rampage. Also, so this, there's implications
1: later on that I think are extremely hilarious that I, like, just thought about in the moment while I was watching this. So like you said, he just kind of brings the dog around, doesn't drop it off at home, doesn't, you know, leave it with family, friends, or anything. Let me,
2: let me interrupt you real quick. The dog is fine. Nothing happens to the dog. right, Yes. Dog, Don't worry.
1: totally good for the whole movie.
0: Yeah, no dog. trash
1: bag? Nothing bad happens. That is a good disclaimer to give.
0: I was worried for a second, actually.
1: So first of all, there's actually, he kind of has two pet causes in this one. He kind of has two themes. It's like the animal abuse one. Like, he takes care of this dog. At the beginning, there's like, in his opening monologue, in his narration, there's something about like neighborhoods and like you know community and like you know neighborhood change and you know, people yeah. losing connection with each yeah. other it's about like this isn't a good neighborhood anymore that but wasn't it's really just it
2: wasn't his monologue though it was a quote from somebody else wasn't it
1: well it starts off there's a quote from the playwright arthur miller that opens the movie which was a choice but also <laughs> he then touches on it he's like the neighborhood is changing and then it doesn't really again as pointed out by aaron our you know resident scholar here um It doesn't really tie into the themes of the movie because it's just this one guy that everybody hates. It's not actually like the neighborhood's like...
2: (laughs) No, everyone agrees. It's this guy that decided to go on a murderous rampage. It's this one guy that everyone agrees
0: he sucks and they all want to stop him, right? Honestly, He he unites the neighborhood. You have like all these people from different walks of life who get together because they hate Richie.
1: (laughs) Right. And then, spoiler alert, so yes, and there's the man who throws the dog out the window. And spoiler alert for the very end of the movie... They do encounter the man again. They see the bumper sticker in his car. So Steven Seagal does kick him in the nuts. And then the dog uh, does do a pee on the guy's face. So he does get his comeuppance. And that is like the emotional uh, high point of this movie. It really is. Um, <laughs> but, uh, was, oh, my favorite part, I think, with the dog, honestly, is that he's always in the car, but really not. <laughs> There's a car chase at one point in the movie when he's chasing after the bad guys who are driving down a road and... And Seagal makes the decision to drive down, like, a set of stairs that are next to the road.
2: It's like, that's on a underpass.
1: Like he's like, going, like, under, yeah, that's, like, kind of, like, very bumpy. Like, it's honestly, maybe, it's hilarious, like, how much this guy is bumping. Like, he is just, it it'll go, cuts to these, like, awesome. cabin like, you know, shots. And he is, like, pogo-sticking this <laughs> yeah. car. It's very I can't much so, a I car don't, from
2: don't, the 90s with the suspension that just, like, bobs beautiful. and leaves and rocks it. it's for like, it's hours. Really so. awesome.
1: I'm not going to say it's a good car chase, but it is one of my favorite movie car chases now just because of that, how ridiculous it is. I don't know why he's not on the road, why he's on the steps. But, like, is the dog in the car at that point? You don't you see him bobbing. You don't see the dog during that time, but, like, he never dropped the dog off and picked him back up. Theoretically, this dog is, like, in this, like...
2: Well, and then later in the movie, he goes, like, he still oh yeah. has the dog. He gets oh yeah, the, the dog out there. of the
1: car to go buy food. So, it's just very much, like, when it's not... Convenient to have the dog. The dog is not there, and I like it was just while I was watching the movie, I'm thinking, oh, he looks so ridiculous. The amount this car is like jumping up and down as if it's on hydraulics, and I'm like, wait, there's supposed to be like a puppy in
0: there. <laughs> oh yeah, so I appreciate The puppy that. is forgotten whenever it's convenient, and then brought yeah. back whenever it would be cute. Yeah, well, because then it comes back
1: because he's at the gro- uh, he's at the store getting like dog food, and we not have that New Jersey dog <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not, no, that not that radioactive stuff. I'm gonna go ahead
0: and claim that as my favorite line. <laughs> i think that's the best line of the whole movie, like probably yeah
1: um he says but yeah
2: of, we didn't say the actual line he, he picks up the puppy food and says none of this stuff was from Jersey, is it?
1: I don't want, I don't want any of that radioactive stuff, and again, a very funny line with a very weird pacing because he like does not wait for the other person in the scene like no, he, he doesn't does wait for give the him punch time line. To react like. The guy is still talking, and the, he says, "You know the radioactive th- line." So the guy, just, the, the shopkeeper, is just like, "Oh yeah," like, weirdly enough, it's actually kind of how like conversation happens in real life when a person's just talking, and you're like, "Oh yeah, sure," like, "Yeah, that's the comment you made," and you just move on.
0: It was very naturalistic. That was very weird, weird Something for like guerrilla filmmaking, huh?
1: Honestly, speaking of, there is a scene I would like to talk about when he goes to the pool hall. Um, this happens in his other movies. This started with Above the Law. This is a thing he just does. Steven Seagal seems to think that when you are a detective, the act of detecting is just going to a place, going to a place of business, and, like, threatening the owner and beating up the patrons
0: there. No. He, it doesn't okay. matter. Yes. Gonna, he did this in the yes. last movie, too. He yeah. was just, like, he does this all the smack time. people. Even people yeah, he likes. He, Yeah,
1: and they there is no they do not have a connection. Like maybe some of them in the bar do, but he doesn't differentiate between them. He just threatens everybody. In this one, he does the Sigal thing where everyone's like, "Oh, you got a badge and gun," so he like unloads his gun and puts his gun down. He's like, "All right, fist fight." He, you know, this is one of his more he says the badge is your
2: prize if you take me down. Yes,
1: um, and just like again, even in like above the law, he kind of beats people up. He does does his aikido flips. In this one, it is. Brutal. He puts a pool uh a cue ball into uh like a, a cloth that he has, oh, like a, a oh. small towel, and like hits a guy in the face to knock his teeth out and, and it actually, is like actually
0: credit to the Foley artist, the sound it makes. When it, it hits somebody in the head, it's, crunchy, like, really yeah. good. like Because
1: he, he like, hits a dude over the back of the head, and you're like, that guy has brain damage. So, yeah.
2: that's something I actually wanted to bring up, too, just while, while you mention it. Because the sound of that in that scene, I, I thought the same thing. It was perfect. But then, he <laughs> in the scene later on in the movie where he finally gets to, uh, like, the apartment where Richie is, is, like, hiding out at. And he's, like, the final fight, and he starts punching people. It's, like, the worst... It's the worst Foley. It's the complete opposite because he'll punch somebody, make contact and then you hear like, uh, like, a, like a clip art. And it's yeah. the worst.
1: <laughs> and it's such a stark contrast. Well, So this happens in other movies too. Um, it, it's the worst in this one so far where because his entire martial arts that he does is like harmlessly pushing away people and then flipping them. Like half of his moves are he just kind of, he, he doesn't punch. He just kind of pushes a guy by the face away. So the movie drastically overcompensates with like cartoonishly silly sound effects where they're like, he breaks the guy's arm because they play the arm break sound effect. Or he like successfully hit the guy because they play like a Looney Tunes punch sound effect. Yeah. There was, um, there was
2: one part of that scene that I really, really enjoyed, though. And it's when he, he walks by the guy. There's, like, a phone booth inside this bar for yes. some reason. Yes. And he walks by, he's, like, doing his rounds around just, like, asking people well, he where Richie is. Yeah, and he just, like, takes him. this guy by the face and pushes him into the telephone booth. And, and then later, it. after he beats everybody up, he does his rounds again and walks by the same guy and pushes his face into the telephone booth a second time. <laughs> That's I pretty
1: also, funny, actually. I, I did actually very really good. Like that. This guy's entire all the movie is getting shoved in the phone booth and the door closed and then post-fight same thing again. And I won't spoil that now. I think this scene also. This is where my best worst quote from this movie comes from. But yeah, and he doesn't get any information. I do actually. I will say oh, I yeah. love the way I love the way Wikipedia sums up this scene. He still does not find out where Richie is, but his concern about getting an attitude problem has been taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> That's what to... pra- <laughs> phrase I to whoever summed that up on Wikipedia. Like this scene is completely useless, but. There you go. Um, But so this one, actually, I did the most research on this research, reading Wikipedia, on this movie about the behind the scenes drama of this one. So first and foremost, beautiful Steven Seagal lore to share here. This it is on the set of this film. It is on the set for Out of Justice, where allegedly, allegedly, Steven Seagal urges stunt coordinator Gene LaBelle by saying, I cannot be choked out. He urges him to choke him out, actually inarguably very skilled um, athlete Gene LaBelle puts Steven Seagal in a headlock and chokes him out until Steven Seagal um, passes out, urinates, and defecates his pants.
2: I think um, that's the part that's that's subject to some ooh, yeah. yeah so, theory. It, I, I think from, ev- from every account we've heard, it definitely happened that he choked him out. Like he said, you won't be able to choke me out. He chokes him out. And then some people
1: say he his pants. And it's impl. i I looked i saw that in an interview in like 2012 or so labelle hints towards it but does not outright confirm it but basically (laughs) as far as the internet is concerned it's confirmed steven Seagal crap his pants when Gene (laughs) labelle joked him out also this one had some of the more interesting behind the scenes kind of drama going on so the guy playing richie william forsyth while making this movie, first of all, one, this one almost got an NC-17 rating for the like the gore and the violence and the brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, Steven Seagal was concerned that William Forsythe, the character, uh, the main villain of the film, was overshadowing him, was like upstaging him. What? What? So he demanded that scenes were cut. Like William Forsythe, some of his scenes were cut. What? So, this movie, like, it's really weird because it ends up at, like, the exact length that a Seagull movie should be at 91 minutes. But then you learn that actually a lot of this movie was, like, cut out and trimmed and there was, like, some drama in the editing. And so that's why there's some scenes in the middle that feel a little weird where, just like, Seagull is kind of doing, where Detective Gino (laughs) Fellino is kind of just doing his own thing. And while Richie Madonna is kind of just doing his own thing, like, they're both just being monsters in their own way. And it's just, like, there's no dialogue. It's just kind of like a montage scene. It's because they had, like, whole scenes that would have been in there, but they did not have, like, the connectivity of after they removed these scenes. So it's just, like, dialogue-free montage. Huh. So awesome. Steven Seagal was feeling challenged by his co-star, and perhaps in my head canon, maybe this is why he said, I can't be choked out. Gene LaBelle should try to choke me out. And then allegedly defecated and urinated in his pants upon passing out. <laughs> But, yeah, this one has kind of some of the more interesting continuity mistakes and weird edits that went on behind the scenes because of Seagal's ego, Ego is what I've been led to believe. Um Are there any... Oh! The main thing to touch on with the plot of this movie, um, boy, is it weird about women. <laughs> okay i no, was looking for it i know we aaron are. has a lot to say about this okay boom no. four episodes into the steven seagal hate watch podcast and we hit you with the <laughs> the film theory feminism you're welcome
0: no okay so okay so <laughs> he has a very strange thing about women specifically dead naked women yes who may or may not be sex workers who may or may not be sex workers like, it's a hyper-specific trope that has appeared now in in different ways in a couple of his movies. And so I'm very afraid to I see it understand. show up in future ones.
1: The most egregious one before this was Marked for Death. Yes. Um, when he's in a club and this woman's like, ah, oh, please, no more. The, uh, a naked woman is like, ah, oh, please, no more. And then shoots and, and, like, kills one of the police there.
0: Yeah, well, and it happened in Hard to Kill as well because his wife was murdered immediately after their sex scene and Mm, she's right so there's the sex scene and then immediately she's killed so they're like separated and then in March for death the prostitute in like the oh there's also a theme in that movie where like he'll see a crime happening and then just move on yeah because there's all the prostitutions going on in the danny trejo scene that the opening of the film is for me the danny trejo scene uh, and then they also see, like, the kids selling drugs at the high school, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he just, like, walks by. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you see the woman who is not involved in any sort of sexual thing at the moment is murdered after pulling a gun. And then now, in this movie...
1: I will Real quick, I will point oh. out in the sex scene of him and his wife with Hard to Kill, um, yes. he's fully clothed during that. That's the thing yeah, that the pops thing. up there <laughs> as murders. He yes. is fully clothed while she is, that.
2: like,
0: naked
1: and throwing herself at him
0: before yep. she is brutally killed. It uh, yep, anyway.
2: becomes a theme too. Uh,
0: and then in Out for Justice, uh, he comes upon Richie's girlfriend. His yeah, his Richie's. sister. Are you talking about no, the, the girlfriend? No, no, the girlfriend that she's oh, dead. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. am oh, and oh, his it.
2: partner was also with. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Okay, uh, and there were photos. It was very graphic. Yes, yeah. Um, that was a. Mm. But she is at her home naked on top of the covers of her bed, dead. Um, it's
1: legitimately it need to look at.
0: Yeah, it's, gruesome. like, very disturbing. Very gruesome, yeah. Uh, but, like, we've seen this progression of, like, a very specific kind of sexual violence.
1: And it is, it's one or two really grossly, like, violent deaths of barely clothed or completely naked women. And then this movie, it's just hockey stick growth. Yeah. Like, it's legitimately, like, every scene a woman is in, she's yes. naked and be brutally killed. Yeah. Like, that's all. Or it's, um, like I said, like I said there, Richie's sister that he, like, threatens and arrests, like, to try to get at Richie. Yeah. And so, of course, the whole time he's arresting her, he's, like, calling her a horror and getting other people to call. It's, like, it's just...
0: Yeah. It's pretty bad. Uh...
1: There, there's definitely... So, when you talk about especially like you know when discussing like media um and you, if you try to point out misogyny in film or like you know other media you often kind of have the person who you know doesn't see it doesn't want to talk about it, like this isn't an issue and they'll say like it's not misogyny like you know they don't hate women like you know this isn't like you know hatred this is just you know the way they're depicted i think this one you could take the most like anti-feminist like film bro on the internet if you show him this movie you <laughs> will say no i think steven seagal like hates women. Well, Just like okay. a woman existing, he like there's like a genuine capital H hatred.
0: Can we talk about then in the context of all that and in this film, the relationship between Gino Fellino and his wife Vicky Fellino, who seems that the was Vicky they are married in the middle of a divorce with a child and know nothing about each other. Like there's actually a scene in this movie where he explains to his ex-wife his parentage. Mm, she knows nothing right. about his family. Like he explains, like what his dad did for a living, which, like, sharpening knives.
1: Yeah, and then does kind she's of never heard this with, story before. Which does track with Segal's life. Like, it's a <laughs> does a little bit. It tracks with the guy who marries a woman in Japan and then just like abandons her, like <laughs> to have like and marries another woman who doesn't know he's
0: already married. Like that yeah, so kind of like is his his conception operators. of marriage is like, why would she know anything about me? Right.
2: Well, and he. <laughs> They're in the middle of a divorce. He doesn't know anything about her. She doesn't know anything about him. And then at one point, like, she's so concerned about his safety that it, 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 he's going on this rampage trying to find Richie. At one point, she basically tells him, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I didn't quite follow this. But she basically says, like, if you just, like, quit right now, we can be together. And everything will be hmm. fine. And it'll just, like, go back to normal. And I guess they'll just stop the divorce?
0: Well, they end up stopping the divorce anyway. Yeah. So it ends up not like the,
2: mattering. The, 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 like, the marital conflict there kind of didn't happen i don't know i that whole it they didn't really i mean they put think a lot more is... effort into richie killing a random woman on the street who honked her horn at him than they did
0: Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's uh, which was disturbing personal that was a disturbing I, moment in
2: this that movie. really yeah, was
0: like it was brutal yeah. and unexpected like it, this movie in the hands of a different director and different lead actor actually could have been like something interesting Oh, no, I think...
2: Yeah, the guy it, that played Richie it's pulled everything off just yeah. perfect. Like, they're the complete psychopath, like he pulled that off really well. Was, if yeah. there was, like,
1: no Seagal and it kept the NC-17 rating and it was just, like, this brutal indictment of, like, organized crime and policing culture in Chicago, like...
0: Yeah, I think it could have been a like great in, film. In, in
1: an interesting director's hands, this film would have something to say. And yeah. it's, like, trapped in the Seagal star vehicle film.
0: I'm sorry, John Flynn, director of... Out for justice.
2: So that's what I was saying earlier. I didn't know this. John Flynn directed this movie, and his first directing credit was in
0: 1968. Wow, he'd been not this and for a really out long for, time. Yeah, and then
1: he was handed Seagal, and he just
0: did the best that he could
1: <laughs> with what he was given.
0: <laughs> well, and so okay, we're talking about Seagal as if he's like poison, but I really want to talk about the star power of this film. Okay, can we? Okay, we've been talking about it in the last no, few episodes. Can't. Yeah. Like, people who yeah, yeah, yeah. were in a Seagal movie and went on to do much better things. Uh-huh. Okay. So, firstly...
1: And this one also, like the past ones, has, like, a nice secret, like, bit part, like, you know, out of yeah. nowhere star power. I yes. Know. And we
2: we have to take advantage of this while we can, because in his later films, there's oh, like nothing. It,
0: it does not come up. So, uh, <laughs> firstly, um, sort of a, a funky one, Jerry Orbach, uh, who in this movie plays Oh gosh, uh Ronnie he Donziger. Is...
1: <laughs> he's like the police captain.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, he plays Lumiere in Beauty and the Beast, the 1991 animated Beauty and the Beast. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. That's cool, right?
1: Yeah. He yeah. also, I want to say, he's the Doctor in Dirty Dancing. It looks like I knew he's he in Dirty Dancing. Can I remember the yes, exact he is in Dirty he's Dancing. He's the Doctor.
0: He Although that, that was before this. Mm, okay okay and then we have uh gina gershon so she went on to do showgirls uh she was in face-off
1: mm, so oh yeah she that's a real she gets that post-movie star power
0: yes and then we have uh, also, robert Lassardo who no, no, was no, no,
1: Spart- Hans, you're skipping ahead oh Let's... i'm so- oh no. i'm sorry
0: god come funny. on i'm going down a list robert Lassardo <laughs> i don't
1: know what list in...
0: I'm I'm making the list as I go. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go down the list All right. in his head. No, sorry, obviously, no,
2: you, I won't. You take it away.
0: Yes, thank you. Uh, so Robert Osardo was actually in the previous film. So he had done a few movies with Steven Seagal. This is not his first Steven Seagal movie. But um, was was he would go time? on to be in a whole bunch of TV. He was a
1: punk and hard to kill.
0: Huh. Yes uh so he would be in a couple of Steven skull movies, and he would go on to be like pretty big in television uh, so he was on thirty four episodes of general Hospital ten episodes of Nick and nip and tuck like he would it'd be pretty big in t v uh gianna Giano Gianni, I'm sorry Gianni Russo played mm-hmm. Carlo Rizzi in the Godfather Ooh. long before this uh so he's and in God- a good was Marvel in godfather yeah. part two uh and unfortunately after this movie he would go on to do Super Mario Brothers. Uh, Can't them all. <laughs> the live action super mario brothers film why
2: you keep saying that's unfortunate because that movie is
0: trash famously bad <laughs> okay um but he was in rush hour 2 which is a much better film but he had a tiny part in that do you uh, know so something is... fun
1: about gianni russo's star of the godfather and the godfather part 2 and mm-hmm. sea biscuit and super mario brothers movie mm-hmm. in 1988 gianni russo killed a man inside a las vegas nightclub oh my gosh what? um this actually you read this this is this is like a steven skull plot this is like the <laughs> opening scene of a seagal movie where johnny russo is seagal um a man was harassing a female patron he intervened the man stabbed him with a broken champagne bottle so oh that russo god. shot him in the head oh, oh my, my god and russo was not charged with the killing because it was ruled a justified homicide
0: wow my goodness
1: like that's like that's the opening scene of a seagal movie right it there it really is would, uh, except to, in order to then be the remainder of a small movie after like saving this woman from being brutalized by another person he would then have to go on to like brutalize like five other women like just to kind of <laughs> dramatically balance it out
0: well, so unfortunately, so we can say that Gianni
1: Russo is better than a Seagal
0: movie. Well, Gianni yeah. Russo, it appears that unfortunately, like his contact with Segal was actually the inflection point in his career that took a downturn after that. But he was oh, no. in 140. Oh, no. oh, he started
1: with the Godfather and Godfather Part Two. It was yes. only
0: downhill from there. It was only downhill. downhill from there. But he has been in 143 episodes of a Godfather podcast. Wow, Yo King. Uh, But then we get into some interesting stuff. So you get, like, uh, Dominic Cianese, who was in 55 episodes of The Sopranos. He played Junior Soprano.
1: So basically everyone, like, all the Italian dudes in this movie that play, like, mobsters are just also in, like, good mob stuff, too. (laughs) Yeah, because I was watching
0: this movie, and I'm like, oh, I, like, I think I've seen that guy in a mob movie because they're, like, actually good mobsters. I mean, admittedly, like,
1: when you're watching this, they put on decent performances as, like,
0: mobsters in New York. Yeah, they do a pretty good job. Juliana Margulius. She was in 135 episodes of ER. She played Carol Hathaway. Oh, a good uh, wife. She was also in Snakes on a Plane. I don't know if that's a good <laughs> thing or a bad thing.
1: Hell yeah,
0: um, that's one that she, I've
2: never actually seen.
0: She was on Snakes on a Plane. Respect. John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo. Who went on to actually have like a a real career it's
1: for starting off here in out for justice as boy in alley <laughs>
0: like moulin rouge romeo plus juliet like actual acting credits so this john also Wick? john Wick. also wait
1: wait wait hold on hold on you forgot tragically starring in the super mario brothers live action movie <laughs> as luigi mario no my goodness <laughs> Why is there so much
0: crossover uh, okay. between Steven Seagal I, and the Mario Brothers movie? I must be but thinking of you know, something in different. I,
2: what, is, what is this movie called? The live-action
0: Super Mario Brothers movie? My... Oh, dude, John Leguizamo was in Chef. John
1: Leguizamo, the pest himself, the pest and spawn star John Leguizamo, rat number two and Dr. Doolittle. He played the voice this... of
0: Sid in Ice Age.
1: He is this episode's Secret cameo uncredited tiny bit character who just he, comes out of the shadow, comes out of nowhere. He was also in off.
0: twelve episodes of ER, so a lot of a lot of Good crossover with ER. The hap oh god, he was in the happening. He was in Doctor Doolittle. He was in Gamer. <laughs> you
1: remember when he was in Gamer with Gerard Butler?
0: Did did everybody see Romeo plus Juliet? Does everybody yes, remember that movie? Actually,
1: I really like that movie. I,
0: I actually like love that movie. Yeah. Oh, man. And I'm just, it's so sad that so many people from, that, you know, came into contact with Steven Seagal ended up being in the Super Mario Brothers movie. And and actually, wait, he was
1: in Milan Rouge and Romeo Plus Juliet. So he's like a solid. He's in a.
0: uh why am I blanking on the name?
1: The director did Elvis this year. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. We're going to cut this part out. I'm going to actually just look like I know my sh- <laughs> um, starts. no nothing uh, gets cut um bas larman yeah, yeah. He, he's like he he has all he got like the two two bas larman films right there under the belts
2: okay i'm sorry i just this is not what i thought it was this movie no super mario bros i feel like i need to watch this now
0: okay and then finally uh, rocketing the stardom raymond Cruz, who was in a bunch yep. of stuff who was in a bunch of stuff so he was in another he was in steven seagal's next film under siege next episode so look forward to that really uh, he was in Alien Resurrection, Clear and Present Danger, Training Day. But what mm-hmm. most people probably know him from is that he played Tuco in Better Call, in, uh, yeah. all, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Yeah, and so Tuco,
1: Salamanca. Himself. He
0: played one of the most memorable characters in Breaking Bad. Damn, um, man, look at that look. <laughs> and it was brilliant. He was only actually in a few episodes, but he absolutely stole the show. So who have
1: we crossed over with so far? Breaking Bad, Super Mario Brothers movie,
0: ER, um, ER, a lot of ER. There's a lot of overlap here, like there's a lot of overlap. But then I also want to say something. So I'm like I'm looking at the careers of like all the people who are in this movie. And so many of the actors in this movie are actually stunt coordinators by trade. Mm. yes. They're stunt men and stunt coordinators for like a whole bunch of other movies. And it looks like to me. Not knowing all the backstory of all this stuff, this is just a theory. Looking at the IMDb page and like the IMDb pages of all the actors who were in this movie, I think Steven Seagal just like got a bunch of stuntmen together and made a movie. Yeah, oh, probably.
1: I wouldn't doubt <laughs> it. Yeah, no, I'm almost certain that's what happened.
2: That's how, when they did the, I mean, we haven't talked about it yet, but part of the extra credit for this week was the SNL episode that he hosted. And the final scene that he's in doesn't have any of the SNL cast in it. It's just Steven Seagal and a bunch of stunt people that the audience didn't recognize. What? Like, it's it's wild. That's
0: crazy.
1: Although actually this does remind me, real quick, before we wrap up, I had hinted before earlier that the Seagal movies like don't officially follow this naming scheme of being Steven Seagal is, but this is where I learned from behind the scenes that they did kind of have like a studio mandated rule. So the original title was allegedly The Price of Our Blood. Yes. What? The- steven seagal the price of our blood that's what he and steven seagal both wanted but warner brothers said it had to be a three-word title like his other films so above the law hard to kill marked for death out for justice they just at this point they said okay steven seagal movie is like a tough sounding three-word title it's just such a random like a weird like movie thing like it doesn't matter there's no rule that obviously like to assume that like a movie will do well or do better if it has like you know a nice snappy three-word title is ridiculous but it just seems like when I read that, I was just like, that's such like a dumb like movie executive mind thing to do. Like, no. His movies all have three words. And so it's, you know, out for justice. That's what he gets. <laughs> and also, it just so happens to sound like Steven Skull is out for justice. That it, ma- that it meets this Steven Skull is theme. That doesn't last forever, but lasts for now. No. Do we have I any wanna... other thoughts? Oh, go ahead. I
0: have one more thing that I want to talk about. So we've, we've looked at four of these movies so far, and I just, I would, I want to make like an actual like spreadsheet i want to get out excel and make a graph because i think this is interesting so just looking at the last four movies okay starting with this first movie above the law above the law had a budget of seven and a half million mm, okay, it is yes. at the box office it made 18.7 so about two and a half times its budget which for like a small movie okay fine
1: yeah like pretty that's good, pretty good respect
0: start. that's respectable yeah his second movie hard to kill Eleven and a half million dollar budget at the box office, just under sixty million. That's really good. Increase. Mm. Dramatic increase, like five and a half times. Like and yeah. ad- admittedly, like we've said
1: before, you know, we rag on Skull himself because he is not the box office star he once was. Now we are watching all of these just knowing all of the bad, you know, yeah. stuff he does. But you can see how, you know, as a studio executive, they're like, okay, this guy's a bankable action star.
0: Yeah, like his first movie made two and a half times its budget. Okay, that's pretty good. His second movie made four and a half times its budget. That's great. His third movie, budget of 12, uh, Marked for Death, $12 million budget, box office, $58 million. Basically exactly what Hard to Kill was. He, yeah. At this point, he seems really reliable bankable you're gonna make like that you just make three a to four title. and a half times your budget <laughs> make it three just give it, some, you know, it flips to do yeah let steven good. seagal do like weird aquito flips and like have his ponytail and oh. Oh. kill naked women and then you're gonna make three to five times your budget back in money well then out for justice budget of 14 million dollars so this is his biggest movie yet I'm giving him a little bit more money to play around with at the box office, it brings in under forty million dollars, which so still
2: still a the, decent profit. The on still, the
0: slope. still Maybe decent compared to Above the Law, but compared to his last two movies, Hard to Kill or Mark for Death, not what he's used to bringing in. Which is funny because going to our reviews of every of everything, mm, like my nice. Letterboxd review, I actually gave this two stars more than I gave to Hard to Kill or Mark for Death. Yeah,
1: and what was your favorite least favorite quote?
0: Favorite least favorite quote. I would have to look. Wait. I know there are quotes Mm -hmm. in this movie. This is great radio. They have to exist, right?
2: (laughs) There was one, and I... You did a perfect segue.
1: You did a perfect segue. I know. You
0: just gave me that softball there. Yeah. Um, And and I just really cannot remember anything anyone said in this movie.
2: No, it was very... See, that's my problem. It's very... It's just not a memorable movie. So, yeah. So, the problem with this movie...
0: Is that it's just not memorable at all But I gave this two stars over one star So I gave Hard to Kill and Mark for Death one star Because Hard to Kill and Mark for Death The plot was completely indecipherable Like yes. I had no idea what was going on At any moment Out for justice, I had no idea what was going on At any moment, but I had the single thread Going through the whole movie That Steven Seagal is out for justice And he's trying mm. to kill a guy named Richie And mm. I presumably What's going on in the scene has something to do With him hunting down a guy <laughs> named Richie and And i could just hold on to that thread for dear life throughout the movie he will
1: brutalize as many random bar patrons and sex workers as he has to to kind of not actually get any information but vaguely head in the right direction
0: yeah nothing that he does the only time that he does anything that actually leads him closer to richie was totally nonviolent when he bought some tonic water from a kid off the street <laughs> that was the only thing that actually got him anywhere because the kid then later tipped him off that richie was out of this specific house that he just happened to know where it was that's what happened really yeah like, like the arresting the guy's
1: sister lived. does nothing arresting his father does nothing like beating up his friends does nothing like no so talking there's... to his mob connections nothing. nothing that's a
2: lot of really good points and even even more so than that talking about that scene the kid tips him off. The kid tips him off, and then he goes there alone. And then the yep. cops show up later, but no well, one first ever the told mob the cops shows up. where. Huh?
0: So Steven Seagal shows. Up. So the kid shows up, sees what's going on, calls Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal shows up. He starts shooting everything up, and then right at the end of the fight, the mob shows up.
2: Oh, that's what you're right. Mm-hmm. That's what it was.
0: And then the cops show up.
2: And I guess that makes sense. Like you hear gunshots, people are going to call the police. So I, I, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. We didn't, t- we didn't talk about that fight though, where he shoots the guy in the leg with a shotgun. Oh, and oh my God. Leg. <laughs> okay. Lean-off. Okay.
1: Okay. So real quick, I will say this. <laughs> the final shootout kind of similar to Aaron's father watching a movie like this. I'm not going to lie. If you just with like no other context just gave me like that ending shootout. <laughs> if I just had the... So the reason... So I will... Okay, so spoiler alert. I'll jump ahead a bit. I... You said two stars, right,
0: Aaron? I gave it two stars.
1: I did. I had the exact same thing. So my review was two stars um, because most of the movie just goes nowhere and is meaningless. Yeah. But if you gave me just like that last fight, the last, you know, kind of final boss fight out of context... Not knowing anything else about this movie and not knowing anything about Steven Seagal, the man himself, you could, I think, trick me into thinking he is, like, a cool action hero. No, yes. And
2: I'll, t- and I'll tell you why. No no, 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 because
1: I, in a goofy way, I'm not actually saying it's good. It's not like it was actually competently done. And, like, you know, just kind of like a fun, goofy, silly, self-referential action hero. Because in that movie, overall, the gunfight, it's decent. But there is, like, a 15-second chunk there where he just shoots a guy in the leg with a shotgun and <laughs> blows it clean off. And then just kind of walks away while the guy keeps shouting at him. Yes. Like, normally, normally in this, they fall over. They just like fall over. They're like, ah. But in this one, you just hear him in the other room being like, you shot my leg off. Oh, what a, not oh, what it <laughs> out you. Like, he sounds like he's doing like Rick and Morty lines. Like, oh, that sure is crazy. Oh, gee. Oh, you really shot my leg off there. But, oh, gosh. Rick. Uh, oh, no, my leg. Oh, he shot it off. Oh, and bad then, timing um, on the
0: Rick and Morty reference, by the way. I know. <laughs> yeah, we
1: do not condone or stand by anything related to Justin Roiland. But then immediately no. as walking away from that guy, he encounters another dude and he just full like front forward, like doesn't get into a fighting stance at all, just kicks this guy so hard he dies. <laughs> well, he kicks this was the guy that was in the bar earlier that he yeah, knocked
2: this. This front is his beard out. or tattoo. He, he yeah. kicks him so hard that he like falls up backwards
1: against a brick wall and hits his head. And yes, I understand that. But what happens is he just shotguns a dude's leg off and then just kicks a dude to death. <laughs> Those two deaths could convince me he is actually like a funny like. That's fair. Well, and we come back to
0: in the hands of a different director, right? And if it were not Steven Seagal,
1: (laughs) I think this could have been a good movie. Although this does, I think for every Steven Seagal movie, I'm developing a theory that either the cinematic value of the film will either stay the same or be slightly increased. If instead of watching it, you just have a person kind of like drunkenly recount what happens. <laughs> like, I'm not saying it's going to be better all the time. I'm not saying that always makes it better, but either you'll just get the same exact value out of that situation. Yeah. Like watching the movie or hearing a person just kind of vaguely recounts it. You're good either way. In some cases it's better because I swear to you, just like my description of that, like you're good. That's that yeah. actually makes it sound like a kind of good movie. And it's not, yeah. it's not a good movie, but there is a scene where he shotgun blasts a dude leg off and then kicks a guy so hard he dies. And that yeah. part, in, in that a part vacuum, is rad. out of context, that's pretty rad. Yeah. So, <gasps> so only reason stars... I have to
2: disagree with you on that, like okay. the only reason is because, and, and this is specifically because of things that I know about Steven Seagal as a person well, okay, later yes. in his career. That's what and I said, out of, in a, in a vacuum, out of I, vacuum. I know, I understand it. that, but I, I have to bring it up because it I couldn't make it through the rest of that scene without laughing because it, it doesn't matter how great any of that's the rest true. of it was You're not wrong. when he walks into that house he's holding a shotgun yes. with one hand one hand and he's opening the door with the other like he's ready to shoot it like that's not just gonna fly out of his one hand and then the rest of the time he's turning corners exactly like you're doing right now i can see it in your camera holding it so the like stock of the gun is not against his shoulder it's like down in his mm-hmm. hip like not even in his hip but just floating in the air and it is the most absurd thing for what someone who should be an action star. It just no, it takes so, me right out of it and reminds me, oh yeah, so the,
1: this is Steven Seagal. <laughs> it's not even that the whole scene is good. Like I'm saying, if I really just had that 10 seconds, I'd be like, actually... I know, like, I, I'm, I'm being way I'm, too I'm, critical. I'm, I'm, I, say, I'm sitting that. on the it couch, just, right? I, well, and I'm being way too positive. I get that.
2: I, I just had to bring that up because I couldn't not laugh at it. It was so bad.
1: But not watching the movie, if I was just sitting on the couch watching a loop of like that 10 seconds... I'd be right there with Aaron's dad, like, oh, this movie rules. Like, Steven Seagal's awesome. He just shotgun blasted that dude's leg off and then kicked a guy so hard he died. So this movie gets two stars for me. My favorite quote comes from the scene where he's terrorizing the bar patrons because he, Steven Seagal, when reading from a script, just kind of talks quite unnaturally. I'm pretty sure at this part, like, I am 70% confidence that he's just, like, riffing at one bit when he first comes in, he's like, hey, what's this? Oh, what's going on here? Oh, look, I'm gonna mess with this now. Like, I don't think that's in the script. I think he's just kind of like, just go, like they said, you know, just kind of riff one off the dome. And he's like, just behind the bar and he's like, oh, is this your drink? Is this your beer? Is this? And he picks up a hot dog. Not a hot dog in a bun. <laughs> no. With like mustard and chili <laughs> and stuff. Dog? Just is like alone, yours? just an uncooked hot dog <laughs> and goes, whose hot dog is this, eh? And just like tosses it on the counter. Is it yours? So I think whose hot dog is this is probably my favorite line on that because he's just like just kind of vaguely annoying them until he starts explicitly threatening them. And he just yeah. knocks over like four pitchers of beer and whose hot dog is this? eh? in the worst I get we talked about at the beginning, it needs to be reiterated the absolute worst Italian American like working accent <laughs> you have ever heard in a film. Picture Steven Seagal doing an Italian American accent, it's that bad. It's exactly what you're picturing. It's pretty, it's pretty rough.
0: All right, does anybody else have a rating and favorite quote?
2: i haven't rated this one on letterboxd yet yeah
0: i said i give this two stars Ooh, uh he does get an extra star in this movie because someone seems to have told him that you're not supposed to run Mm -hmm. like that in a movie yeah Yeah, they they fix the running yeah he doesn't run in this but they fix it by just getting rid of it (laughs) (laughs) yeah he just doesn't run
2: that's one of those things we had talked about this when we were watching (laughs) hard to kill there will be a last movie where steven seagal runs because in time. his later movies, he just sits in a chair and has like some younger guy come in and do all the work for him. So there will be a time where he just doesn't <laughs> do it anymore. I would, I'm honestly su- would be surprised if we hit that moment already. There has I to mean, be. I I'd be psyched.
1: Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. We'll so Hans, live on the air. What's your how many stars? I hope we didn't persuade you.
2: I no, it's 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 gonna be one and a half, and I would okay. give it lower, but I know we <laughs> I know where we're going, and there's got to <laughs> okay. be room to go down. So you're not as keen on this
0: as Aaron and I. Yeah.
2: I don't think so. It was boring. I didn't like really that that bar scene and the the they end glass that breaks. And it was boring. Were the highlight the highlights. Everything else was just kind of like. Just think, Stuff was just happening, and yeah, it didn't really tie, you tie could, into like, anything. I mean, yes, you could cut wrong.
0: out the final shootout and put it in a different movie, and it would have been great. Yeah,
2: Absolutely oh, yeah. you could, with a different
1: actor who actually held the shotgun <laughs> right. No, the problem is, even whenever we're talking—I mean, it's not really a problem, but anytime we talk about these movies and kind of have a difference of opinion, like, nobody's ever wrong, though. Like, everything no. you just said is correct, even if I don't fully agree. Nobody's no, ever think- wrong. And that's, okay, said, but I, I am watching this— but I am rewatching the scene now, where he shot Okay, he just shotgun blasted the dude's leg off. <laughs> um, oh yeah, he kind of like does like a weird stealth thing here. Also, it's very funny. It's like a minor thing, but he like grabs a dude and throws him against a brick wall, and it's very funny because it like very obviously looks like just a, a fake wall with like a brick texture. Like the yep. dude hits it and like bounces, like the wall <laughs> like bounces. Like this bandits. is just me talking because he's okay. Yeah, he grabs the dude, hits him against the obviously fake wall, and then. Oh, he looks really angry and he kicks the dude and the dude dies. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I understand he hits his head against the wall and dies, but it's just so funny that he just that he'll go from like vaguely pushing a guy's face away to just kicking a dude so hard he just dies.
2: I have to I I so desperately want to talk Jesus. about the SNL episode with you guys. Okay. That's so, for the
0: Patreon. I, Patreon. I, <laughs>
1: Patreon.
2: Patreon. That would be the best running gag if we talk about things that are for the Patreon and <laughs> we never actually
1: make a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Patreon bonus. That just it, it doesn't exist. It's fine.
2: Yeah. Um
1: okay, and do you have a table quote once?
2: Uh I really th- I, there was I, I there was one that stuck out to me. I've said this before. There was one that stuck out to me when I was watching it, and it's completely lost now. And I I think that's pretty on par with my feelings for this one. <laughs> <movie>. <laughs>
1: Okay, yeah, that's fair. I'm cool even at that. I,
2: now, now that I know that this is this is like part of our part of our format, I'll I'll do my oh, best. Yeah, no, I have to
0: no, pay more attention to the quotes. Yeah, yeah, I did just kind of spring that on you, but no, cool. I like it. I do want to say uh, as my parting thought for this movie. Uh, so you know, like how in previous films he has a moment where like he puts down his gun mm-hmm. in order to have a fist fight instead, yes. so he can show off his Aikido yes. powers. I, yes, I he does that twice right. in
2: this movie. Yep. Two times.
1: And he kind of, like, in some movies, like, you know, he'll, like, toss it away. Be like, yeah, okay, whatever. We'll fist fight. This movie makes a whole big show of it. He empties, he, like, you know, pops out the magazine and then, like, racks it, like, four times to really (laughs) let you know it's empty and then drops it. He makes, like, such a big show of it.
2: And you know what? I'm actually going to go back on my previous thoughts a little bit. Just a little bit. Because, talking about the final fight scene, when he does that against uh, Richie, typically and this is one of my biggest pet peeves in movies where like the final fight scene against the big boss like this guy is equally skilled in hand-to-hand combat for some weird reason so they have to have hand-to-hand combat and i just like it's such a tired trope to me i, I don't know i just don't like it um i really did enjoy that in this movie richie has no skills <laughs> no like he is 100 prepared to die <laughs> and like
0: I actually really did enjoy that. Also, they found yeah. a way to turn every object into this overstuffed kitchen into a weapon.
1: Yep. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. No, it has a pretty decent ending scene. We'll give it that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's no, like I, the
0: final I, fight scene pretty good, actually. actually.
2: I, I, after I remembered that, I, I've got to give you more credit. The fight scene at the end was definitely better than I thought it was.
1: So real quick, this actually... We'll edit this in back to earlier where it makes sense, but something I have to touch on because we talked about it beforehand but didn't talk about it here. Okay. So Steven Seagal shows up to this crime scene in what I think has to absolutely be the worst Steven Seagal outfit thus far. So oh, um, we didn't touch yes. I, yeah. I oh thought I thought we were at peak ponytail last movie. The, the ponytail Steven Seagal drip. The oh. Steven Seagal the ponytail only gets longer. Showing up in a beret and a black vest with like a cross necklace, and that's and, the, and, the, and, the and there's vest, no shirt under a, the vest.
2: Shows so much chest. <laughs> The vest, and, and, too.
1: And, and, like, like he, he he like, oh, he has a shirt. No, 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 no. Just bare chest cigar with just a vest and a beret and the most hideous ponytail you've ever seen.
2: And it's just, it's longer and it's greasier. And, again, and nobody like, I, addresses I have to it. Mention, I have nothing against, like, if that's your style, that's your thing. I don't care. That's fine. But his is, like, visibly gross.
0: It's like what a 17 year old mall ninja would think is cool. Right. That's exactly. Steve Hicks nice. is a
1: mall ninja. That makes it It just makes so much more sense. He's a mall ninja. He's a mall ninja. And like again if you're 17 maybe you think it's cool. I don't know. But like nobody in the movie touches on this. They're just like yep nope. that's uh that's Gino Felino. Like yeah. Doesn't that's more than a uniform boy. at all
0: at any moment.
2: He's he's there at the crime scene, and there are cops. There are tons of other cops there, and they're all dressed in suits. They look exactly like a cop would have in the nineties. And course, then there's Gino Seagal Filido. in this. Gino don't play. play that. And it just stands out like a sore thumb. Ooh, he's Ooh, a nobody I, has
0: anything to say about it. Can I present uh, my my headcanon fan theory? One
1: hundred percent. Now that we're four so we're movies
0: deep, I think that he is playing the same character in every movie. But uh, he's he was like,
1: in the CIA and in Chicago
0: and in New York. Yeah, and he's Chicago just again. such a horrible cop that at the end of every movie they say, "Oh, good job, Steven Seagal. Uh, we're going to promote you to Los Angeles." And, <laughs> 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 and then he gets to Chicago. He spends t- two whole movies in Chicago, and Chicago finally gets sick of him at the end of at the end of Mark for Death. They're like, "Okay, like we're kind of done here." Uh, and then they ship him off to New York. And he's the reason his accent is so bad in each of these movies is Mm -hmm. that he's trying to pretend to be a local, but he's not.
1: (laughs) I love that headcanon. That's excellent. That, like, in this time... Well, not even, like, you know, he's trying to pretend to be a local. Like, this one time in Chicago, he's Italian. And then this other time, he's just kind of, like, he's not even trying. Like He's he's such a headache
0: for each of the police departments that the different police departments in big cities just, like ping-ponging back and forth
1: yeah you're gino felino now yeah that's okay you just officer
0: gino felino i don't know you just
1: want an unmarked car and a shotgun sure why not (laughs) (laughs) that can that can that can only end well
0: (laughs) yeah like you don't see any of the other cops throughout the rest of the movie i imagine they're just like back at the police station filling out the paperwork to send him to the next city He's just—he's just like give us
1: a shotgun and a car, and they're like, sure, anything. And like he leaves,
0: and they're like, thank God he's (laughs) out. And they just go home. They go back to the police station, and they start working on sending him to the next city. And they're like, he just murdered
1: four innocent people, and they're like, okay, get the get the paperwork (laughs) on.
0: Yep. Uh, That's why all of his names make no sense. Like the in the second movie, uh, hard to kill. They're like, uh... Matthew Storm, sure. Um, Michael (laughs) Scarn. Yeah, Michael Michael Scarn. Might as well. Yeah, no, all I
1: can say is uh, Gina Fellino is an NYPD detective from Brooklyn who knows everyone and everything in his neighborhood. Killing his partner was someone's big mistake because he's now out for justice. And some of that justice does involve kicking a guy in the nuts uh, (laughs) for mistreating a dog.
0: That means one of us has to die. Don't mention it, brother.